there's many people out there who say, gee, I wish I could do what Liz does. Gee, I could do, wish I could do what Krish does. Uh, what's your advice, Liz, to somebody that maybe has a fine voice like you do and some creativity, some sparkle? I, I consider you having sparkle, actually. Oh, thank so, you. And that's the truth. So the whole idea is if someone comes up to you, let's say a young girl, 14, 15 years old, comes up and says, Liz, I love your stuff. Uh, what type of advice would you give to her? Um, I would say if you can get your hands on an instrument and at least mess with it for 10 minutes a day, uh, I highly recommend that open mics are also a really valuable resource for people. I've watched people start at an open mic and slowly move their way up or quickly move their way up. So yeah, I would start there, get an instrument, try to do something with it every single day. It doesn't even have to be structured just as long as it's something, uh, and go out and meet people, uh, an open mic. If people don't know what that is, is when, uh, anybody can come and sign up to get on stage and perform in Pittsburgh. They have them at hand bones. They have them at the smallest fun house, uh, little pubs all over the city, different kinds of open mics. So, uh, yeah, get out and, and be on stage and play for people. And generally those audiences are very supportive. So if you don't feel comfortable, that's the place to get comfortable because I hated it. I used to wake up in the morning. I might've told you a story already, uh, the day of a show and I would bury my head in the pillow and wonder why I chose to do this to myself. But I chose to do this to myself, and I chose to kind of go against what felt natural to me. That's a that's an important uh, point right there. Would you say that again? I chose chose mm -hmm. to go against to go against what felt natural. Yes, what felt comfortable. Comfortable, yeah. Yeah. So what we're talking about is pushing out of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. No growth takes place inside of a comfort zone. Yeah, I want to be a rock star. That's that's uh, that's what I want most. If I could do anything, because mm -hmm. I'm technically a journalist, but right now I get paid pretty much the same amount of money to do a show as I would to write an article, which is not nearly as entertaining as being a rock star. Writing about being a rock star is not nearly as entertaining as actually <laughs> being one. So that was the decision I made. But that was also partly because of administration in my industry, in the journalism industry. And I got really tired of being edited and treated poorly, so I bailed. Edited and being treated poorly, much like maybe a management team, investors that oh, would sure. determine the content. Yeah. Comedy clubs. Comedy clubs do the same thing. They want they want you to do a particular type of thing, you know. And I I battled for a long time to go against stereotypes, which is basically what comedy clubs wanted me to do which is it which is inauthentic you know it doesn't feel like me well i think of a guy by lewis black who <clears throat> made a yeah. whole career mm -hmm. out of uh political oh, commentary yeah. i love him lewis black absolutely is incredible so getting back to these young 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 ladies list they come to you and says my parents won't let me do my, my parents think it's foolish my parents thinks i ought to become a, a, a stereotype thing like a nurse or a or a Whatever, okay, or a teacher or a secretary. My person's my, my parents say be realistic. What do you say to them? I would have the non-extremist patient answer, which is bide your time, and then I would have the extremist angry answer, which is get emancipated. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> or move out. 
you know, and just move in with your boyfriend, get married at way too young of an age, and make a bunch of mistakes. And, uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> well, sometimes, uh, well, sometimes, if we can't tell people what to do, we can show them what not to do. That's which is just as well, valuable. Yeah. yeah, don't don't give up on it. But I have I have a niece right now who is like. That's too long of a story to get into. I can't talk to her. My sister's crazy. She doesn't talk to anybody in our uh-huh. family. Uh, and she and when I say my sister is crazy, that's not to say that I don't deal with legitimate diagnosed mental illness. I'm bipolar, mm-hmm. but it's treated through medication and therapy right. and a lot of work. However, that doesn't define who you are. No, but it also means I put work into getting help, and my sister does not. So you put the action and effort. You put the work into it. Yes. And... This is the stigma of mental. I don't even like to use the term mental illness. It's it's a it's a disorder that can be treated just the same way as diabetes, heart disease, cancer, high cholesterol. However, most people don't view it that way. They think it's some. They think it's a matter of will, and they think you can snap out of it. Yeah, and that's why I backtrack when I use the word crazy. Uh huh. Because it's like it's it's not the best descriptor word. Mm-hmm. But let's say uh, she has untreated health issues, which are to the detriment of everybody in our family. Yes, And my niece is, uh, you know, getting into her teenage years. She has my number and it's pretty much just a, you know, oh, when I turn 16, when I am old enough, you know, when I'm 18, maybe we'll get to see each other. But until then, we just kind of got to wait. Well, it's like addiction. Addiction's a family disease. One of the key components of addiction is selfishness and self-centeredness. You think if you're only hurting someone, you think you're only hurting yourself. You don't. You don't see the collateral damage around you. I know in my own particular instance, that's uh, that's certainly the way it was. So you not only were dealing with some hurdles, some obstacles there in your own personal life. What do you say to people who? get discouraged and they say, they tell me that I'm not good enough. I get overlooked. I was supposed to be on this show, but they, they bumped me off. Uh, some people in the audience told me I wasn't very good. Well, um, I don't feel like I am a naturally inclined musician. Like I said, I chose to do that because I love it's those what I wanted. Uh, I frequently think of this anime that I didn't, I didn't even really watch. I just saw one episode of it and everybody else in the show has magic. Um, but this guy is a fighter who does not have magic. He just doesn't. So uh, he put weights on so that he has to train harder and fight harder than everybody else in order to achieve what he wants because he can't use magic to get it. So that's how I look at myself. And if it's something that you really want, just work harder. And I know that sounds like a, an American ethic kind of thing. But I mean, that's what I'm trying to do. And I wouldn't say that I'm the most successful person. but yeah, uh, just put the weights on, work harder, put in more time, get better. You can always improve, I think. And even if you're not that good, you can get there, I think. Okay. So what you're talking about is action and effort. Most people go through their lives talking about things. However, they can talk about it for years and won't spend five minutes doing something about Mm -hmm. it. So what would you say to these young ladies that come up and say, gee, I'm not getting where where I don't think I'm very good. getting a lot of, I'm getting overlooked. Uh, And they come to you and they say that to you. Maybe they're in tears. I would say just keep doing it. 
Like I've, I've seen it happen for us where, you know, we've played to empty rooms. Everybody's got to play to empty rooms. Everybody, mm. maybe not everybody. I don't know. You get picked up by a major label before you do any work at all, or you're put together by a major label and then you're just given an audience. Sure. That happens. That totally happens. But if it's something that you really want, play to an empty room, have people tell you that you're no good. There, if there aren't people telling you that you're no good or trash talking you, get to the point where they're they are because that means there's enough people that there are people who feel passionately angry about your existence, and we kind of take pride in that. I feel like. Well, if they're not criticizing you, then they're not paying attention. If yeah. I'm glad that then they're paying attention to yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the main thing is if 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 people are just like, oh man, you're incredible all the time then uh, something's up something's yeah it doesn't seem like you're paying attention only your friends are coming to your shows yeah because i've definitely <laughs> walked off stage and then it's like i know who is really paying attention when i when people come up and they and they say i have you might have missed something here that's when i'm excited that's when to me i'm like you paid attention because i know there's something missing and i don't know what to do because I've spent the last four shows trying to figure out what's missing, and you might have my answer. So let's 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 get to it, you know. And but that's not them saying that the show is bad or anything. It's just that they care enough to say, let's figure out how to fix that thing that's missing in your show. At the same token, it's the same people that come up and they're like, well, you're trash because you don't do the thing that I do. Or it's I want to do the thing that you're doing and and I can't and I'm paying very close attention to you and I'm speaking out of jealousy about it. But it's hard, it, you know, and it can be hard to decipher between the people that just hate you and want to pay attention to you because they hate you because they enjoy criticizing something they hate uh, versus somebody that is just a little jealous because they want to do the thing that, that you're doing and don't know how to ask you how you got to that point. Well, the best critics point out blind spots too. Yeah. The, yeah. The, they point out blind spots. So what you're talking about, Liz, is perseverance and resilience. So you would suggest that maybe developing a thicker skin? Hmm. I mean, it's not going to feel good or it's not necessarily going to feel good. And that's totally okay. You're talking so, about acceptance. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's necessarily like, well, book up, put on that thick skin. It's more like being okay with the pain of it because the outcome is going to totally be worth it. Or maybe the outcome isn't worth it, but I think the effort and the attempt makes it worth it, even if the outcome is not exactly what you wanted. So you're not going to gloss it over to anybody or be a Pollyanna. You're going to say when somebody's hurting, you say, yes, you are hurting. Yeah. Yeah. For you, sure. You validate their feelings. Yes, you're, yes you are hurting. Mm -hmm. Yes, you are. But everything's in the moment. Emotions, thoughts, and feelings are like puffs of smoke in the wind. <laughs> it's, when we, it's when we attach our thoughts to them or, or the take a great deal of value in the perception of others that we turn those things. That, that's what gives them power and staying power. Listen, when you really and truly don't care what anybody thinks or says about you, then you'll have reached a dangerously awesome level of freedom. <laughs> so where are you at in that journey, Miss Liz? 
Uh, Excuse me, Mrs. Liz. Oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> well, honestly, the way I look at it when I get most down about it, because yeah, it's it hurts, and whereas sure, it's a point of pride where it's like, oh, this person hates what I'm doing. Uh, it it all you know, it's gonna hurt too. Um, but when I feel really down about that, or I'm really depressed, or I don't get into a festival, or I submit my music to the Carnegie Library and they don't get back to me. <laughs> uh what i think is well Sounds like I, a little resentment there yeah i don't know maybe maybe i'll get in in the future i think they do a rolling thing okay um i really like my album i feel really good about it i do too the funny thing is my first album i do not feel good about and i really don't like but i didn't produce that one i produced this one and i feel really strongly about the way that i did it and I like the music and I enjoy creating the music and I enjoy playing the music. So at the, at the very least at the end of the day, that's going to be what matters most and whether or not other people like it and whether or not it's like billboard material or something to that degree isn't necessarily what matters most. It's what I want and it's a goal, but the steps to that goal to me are still a component of reaching the goal. So anything that I get on the way to a billboard chart or Madison Square Garden or, or something of that level is still achievement of that goal at some degree. So when I was a kid, it was like, oh, I want to play. I want to play Sherlock's in Erie, Pennsylvania, my hometown. Oh, wouldn't it be cool to just get a show at Sherlock's once in my life ever? And it's like you get the show and you realize that doesn't skyrocket you to fame. And you're like, oh, wait, OK, I need more than just the show. At sure. OK, maybe a couple shows. OK, that's not that's still not fame. OK, cool. So maybe I need to do some tours. Maybe I need to play some other places. OK, so my dream is to play Mr. Smalls in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. OK, I did that. All right. Now what? And it's just up and up and up and up and up. And I don't think there's ever I don't I don't think you top out. So even what your goal is, even when I achieve the goal, even if I did play Madison Square Garden or whatever, it'd still be like, all right, well, now, now what? What's next? There's Wembley. Wembley. Okay, after <laughs> Wembley. <laughs> well, there is no end. You know, when we set mm -hmm. definitive expectations, then if we do achieve those, then what's then what's next? Yeah, definitely. It's awesome. I love it every time that happens. Um, and I always, uh, I generally make time. There is a there is a Russian woman who messaged me on Instagram that I have not been able to get back to. <laughs> but that involves some translation and stuff. And I feel bad about it. But yeah, I make as much time to talk to people as, as possible. Both of us do. That's yeah. a big part of uh, of the art is the interaction with other people. I think, especially doing live shows, which is a really big part of what both of us do. You don't have to, to be a musician, you don't have to play live shows. I feel like to be a comedian, you have to play live shows. But I could just hunker down in my basement and make albums and send them to record labels or sell them to record executives who give them to songwriters like or 
well, I guess they're not giving them to songwriters because I would be the songwriter who, who like give the lyrics and stuff to Beyonce and you can get famous that way. There's all different kinds of ways to, to be a musician. You can also just be someone who hosts an open mic in your hometown or a series of open mics in your hometown. That's how you make a living. People are always think, gee, you know, they're thinking, I'm going to be in spandex and I'm going to be up there. I'm going to be 40,000 people. That's the goal. No, I mean, that's, that's, that's one of my goal. goals. Well, sure. <laughs> but like I said, each level is an achievement of the goal. So if you can make a living um, just hosting a series of mics in your hometown and producing a couple different shows in your hometown, that's what I like to call like a, a blue collar sort of thing. And I think like Chris has this very blue collar goal. Like I can talk about Madison Square Garden or Wembley or Foo Fighters levels and mm -hmm. billboard charts, but I feel like his goal is like a blue collar goal. Yeah. 30 to 50 people in a room. 30 to 50 people in any city that I go to is pretty much all I want. So I know Liz has, <clears throat> Liz has something in mind. I think what she said would, would be a real good template for, uh, younger people out there who might possibly be interested in it. However, uh, you have a different type of vision, a different type of yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't think I ever really cared about fame. I think I did probably when I was like seventeen or eighteen is when I cared about it because uh, when I first, I have a, I, I recorded a CD when I was seventeen with my friend Derek Christek. He helped me with it, and it sounds great. The quality of the of the album is uh is is really good but it is uh not good material <laughs> uh yeah but I, i'd only been performing for like a year at that point and i was like right after i graduated high school i was like yep i'm gonna record this thing and i'm gonna send it to comedy central and comedy central is gonna pick me up and like we're gonna make a big thing and it's like i learned very quickly that's not so how, how did you works. feel when you heard that recorded back to you and you played back to you the the day after yes i thought it was phenomenal genius i was like this is the best thing that comedy has ever produced in all of comedy and it was and now i listen back to it and i'm like my god there's so many suicide references in this that are not great that are done really distastefully oh. <laughs> like, like it can't just be a punchline <laughs> Uh, and it's all, it's not, it's this, it, it's, it's inexperienced writing is mostly what it is. And I don't, I mean, I don't regret it because it's still part of who I am. Uh, but it's just like, it's a learning curve. Cause I looked at it and I was like, there's, why would I think this was going to be the way that I was going to get picked up by comedy central when, uh, you know, and then it's that realization where you're like, oh, there's like 40 other people in the city that are doing comedy. Like, I'm not the only person in Pittsburgh that's doing comedy. Maybe I should go talk to them. And, like, through osmosis and, like, just kind of being in, an, in that environment, I learned that you have to polish your bits. You can't just go up on stage and come up with new stuff all the time. So, you know, eventually those goals change and grow. And when I was in college, it was just to, like, write material that, uh, that was good quality and made sense uh and wasn't a bunch of like weird inside references uh and then when i started touring i wanted to i think it was like i wanted to open for certain people that were doing better than me and learn from them and that's 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 an important point yeah yeah it's like you do need to learn from people that are that are kind of 
a little bit further down the road from you um, and see if what they did works because it might not because there's plenty of people that I talk to now and they're like, man, it must be so cool to be on tour all the time. And I'm like, yeah, it's great. But here's some things that you're probably not considering because you're looking at it through rose colored lenses. Mm. Let's take those glasses totally. off and sit down and have an honest conversation. Is it, are you okay with sleeping in your car or somebody's couch or on the floor? Mm. Because that's what's going to happen. Because you can't afford hotel rooms all the time. Are you okay with eating noodles a bunch of times? Like, you can't eat vegetables on the road. You can't go buy Panera all the time. Depending on the level, though. Depending on the level. Too. Depending on the level. So, right. like, if you if you make a comedy album and you want to send it in a Comedy Central, yeah, there's totally a point, whatever, zero, zero, one percent chance that they'll love you and pick you up. Yeah. I do not want to discourage anyone from like aiming right for the top of course because you you might i don't know i haven't heard your stuff it might be amazing and they might love you and you might make tons of money but if you really want to do it no matter what whether you have comedy central or capital records do they exist anymore i don't know backing or not then uh yeah i will sleep on a couch i will sleep on a floor i will eat noodles i will sleep in my car I will right. I will do whatever it takes because that's this is what I want. Please check out our website at fishingwithoutbait.com where you can listen to the show, comment on our discussions, and find out where you can subscribe to our podcast. If you're interested in flying the colors of fishing without bait, click the shop icon on our website. We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.